0: Oh uh-huh. This is My Take Radio's Beyond the Mic. What's up, guys? Welcome to a new installment of MTR Beyond the Mic. Joining me today is Jason David Frank, mixed martial artist, of course, well-known for being the green, white, and red Power Rangers and also a Guinness Book World Record holder. What's going on, Jason? How are
1: you? Good. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Oh, I'm very glad to finally set this up. I know a lot of people were really pumped when we were trying to schedule a, a live interview and they were really looking forward to it. So I figured this would be a great way to get the interview out to everybody. And then closer to wizard world, we'll try and link up for a live show.
1: Awesome, man. Sounds great, man.
0: So I want to start from the top. I've, I've followed your career for, for years. I grew up watching you on television. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 32 years old. So I've watched you yeah. pretty much, you know, mo- most of my childhood. And, you know, I, I, as a, Fan of mixed martial arts, when I saw you were competing in MMA, I thought it was really cool, and some of the stuff you've done with that, and just the connection you have with the fans, I said, oh man, you know, I want to try and talk to him, not only as a fan, but just as a fan of mixed martial arts as well. Yep, yep,
1: that's good, man, I'm I'm glad you're having me on here, man, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, I want to start from the top, I know, obviously everybody knows you from your work with Power Rangers, and you've pretty much played practically every color and um the the crazy thing about it is that people seem to always connect with you just that with your portrayal as the green one even though you've done so many other ones afterwards do you feel that that was your your toughest role because you had so many expectations as playing a good guy and a bad guy or did you kind of play it by ear as the season went on
1: Well, we just kind of played it by ear. You know, we were talking about that in the last Lexington panel. Um, just kind of played it by ear. You know, I was hired for 10 episodes and, uh, it, you know, I just love acting and, you know, I thought the role was cool and just did what I had to do. And, you know, they knew the Green Ranger was going to lose his powers. And at that time, they filmed the pilot, you know, um, which was actually Cybertron, which was VR Troopers. So I sold that show to, uh, launch that series. And then, um, they decided to bring me back because, you know, I guess the kids were really upset I lost my powers and stuff like that. So I just played it by ear, season by season and then of course with Dino Thunder, you know, um, with Disney I just went back there for you know, a favor for a few producers producers and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it just uh green blew out, so they decided to bring me back as the White Rangers so I thought that, that was pretty cool.
0: How did you how did you feel doing the doing the Dino Thunder so, you know, so many years afterwards, were you concerned about reconnecting with the fans or were you worried about it being a little different this time around?
1: Uh, man, I'll be honest with you. When Dino Thunder came out, we didn't have the fans we have now. I don't know what it was, but, you know, I thought it was going to be a big deal going back to Power Rangers. And it, it was, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, we weren't. We went on tour at Dino Thunder. They sent me to New York and trying to get me on all these talk shows. And I've done everything from, Captain, you know, Captain Lee Regis to, to everything and we were booked, and, and it was hard to even book a show. I mean, it was hard to even book, a, you know, a talk show or, I mean, it just was like Power Rangers. At that time, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we heard of Power Rangers, but now that Saban brought it back and relaunched it, and it's the 20th year anniversary, you know, in Time Life and Netflix, it's starting to become really popular again. But going back to Dino Thunder was cool because I worked with those kids that really looked, uh, you know, looked up to us, and they were young enough to kind of watch us growing up. So that's kind of what happened with Dino Thunder.
0: Yeah, I think seeing you more in the in the mentor role was a was a welcome welcome departure because I you know when I first watched that series I was like oh you know he's he's kind of playing the mentor role and then you know you, later on in the season when when you suited up as well I was like oh well you know the I, I knew it would only be a matter of time before they kind of took you off the shelf and let you yeah. do it, let you do what you did best.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was man. It was I was just hired for uh, forty episodes and then I had to become invisible for 10 episodes to, uh, you know, come back to L.A. And, and do my do my work here and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool, man. I know that the new season, Mega Force is wild with all the costumes and all that stuff. And, you know, Saban called briefly to talk about what they can kind of work out. They don't understand the storyline and all that stuff. So, we'll see. I'm kind of happy, you know, doing what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm, I'm really booked this year. Next year is going to be not so booked. I'm going to take less shows and Focus a little bit more on me and training and all that stuff. So we'll get 2013 done with, and I'm excited because I'm meeting a lot of fans. And I'm pretty much everywhere next week, and I'm in uh, St. Louis for Wizard World, and I'm, I'm just everywhere right now. So I'm gonna try to get through these as healthy as I can. Sometimes when you're sick, the show must go on anyway. So you know it is what it is, but I'm excited to uh, meet all the fans.
0: Yeah, you've you've social media has done a tremendous job in making you know some so, some of our icons accessible to us do you think at times that that's a, a gift and a curse
1: you know what man like i'm actually doing social media now as we talk i can multitask reading a few few things i'm getting back to but uh, uh, i think social media is is you know the the new age and it's kind of you know what what's new and, and hip now um, I'm, i don't think it's a, it's a curse i mean sometimes it is when I can't get back to people. Um, but I think it's, a, it's an overall blessing, man, to reach out to so many you know, and, and just to give you a couple ideas of, you know, I've been through like four or five of them. And, you know, I've been through a, a few fans who said they had a, you know, bad day, you know, um, right here. I could really, I'm really having a bad week. My dad is in the hospital. I just need someone to talk to, you know. And uh, sometimes people reach out, and there's a lot of those like that like, I just lost my best friend, I read that today, I need some advice, I have low self-esteem, I need some advice, so, the social media is not just, you know, my my fan page is not just, hey, what's up, it's, there's always, I think, something that they get out of it, and at least they can lean on someone, even if it can't be a too long of a post, at least, hey, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, man, hold your head up high, coming from me, I, you know, I think they, they, it, it means a lot, and I'm the only one that posts on my page, and, you know, when people come on and they're like, how do I know, really know it's you? It's like, because, <laughs> because it is, I'll take a picture and nobody posts this for me. And I remember everybody at cons, they're like, hey, remember me? I'm the one that said to hold up Ben's birthday card. I'm like, yep, now I remember, you know. So if it wasn't, it would be too hard to, uh, to play this uh, game with people. There's too many people on there that I just personally know from reading post after post, you know. So when they meet you in the show... If it wasn't me, I'd be like, oh, and who are you? It just gets too complex and complicated. So I try to manage everything myself, including my Facebook page, including my, you know, uh, tours, uh, anywhere I'm booking. I mean, pretty much everything. Um, you know, I have a few people that help me here and there, uh, booking shows and stuff like that. And um, so we'll go out there and, and hit the shows and do the shows and, you know, go from there. So uh, I don't know, maybe i just like to be in control. Maybe that's a blessing in the first at the same time. You know, maybe that can interfere with a few things, but uh, I like to be you know in control of what I'm doing. So when I meet people, or or if I book a show, it's 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 on me, not on anyone else.
0: Well, it also protects your brand. You know that's that's always first and yeah. foremost. You if you don't if you don't oversee it yourself, there's always that that right. margin for error.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you say that because today I was just talking to someone at a con that we're having a few issues, but we'll work it out. But it, it is kind of like that, like. You know, I'm I'm a businessman, but at the same time, like, you know, when I promote the JDF for me, it's like it's you know, it, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of like, you know, if I'm if I'm promoting this or I'm I'm doing what this brand is, which I am the brand, and I have to like really protect that. Uh, you know, other brands, you know, I can't protect Saban, Power Rangers, all these other brands, but my brands, you know, Jesus and Tap, you know, JDF. Uh, you know, Rise and Sun Karate. These are brands that I have to be in control and protect. And there's no one better to do it than yourself, like you said, just to make sure that it's going in the direction that you want it to go into because, you know, fans are fans, but when they order, they, they become a customer. So if I miss up an order, I'll personally go on as the CEO and say, hey, I'm really sorry about that order, man. Let me get that other shirt out to you. Am I completely busy and swamped for that? Yes, but never too busy for someone that bought something like a customer that you have to give customer service to. I'm a high, I'm, I'm really believing that when I go to a restaurant and I see bad service, you know, um, or hair in your food or something like that, I, it, it bothers me that they don't take care of it the way it should be taken care of. You know, I'm not looking for nothing free, but I'm looking for some manager to come up and say, hey, man, I'm really sorry about that. Let me let me go ahead and take care of, you know, it is what it is. So I'm really into the customer service base. And uh, I try to make sure that if someone does order, that they have a pleasant experience and the people that don't have a pleasant experience which is you know rare i'll take care of them and then they end up having a pleasant experience
0: how does marketing yourself not only not only for you know for cons and things like that how does that tie into the work you've done as a martial artist running your own school do you feel that you know your background in television and the way you've connected with kids over the years plays a huge part in endeavors like like the martial arts school and how how it's grown so much over the course of the years,
1: um, excuse me. I, I, you know, it's it's weird with the karate world because I was always in the karate world. And when I booked the show, and I was on the show even ten years ago, I never really promoted the Power Rangers. fact, I promoted the martial arts and never promoted Power Rangers. I don't know what it was. It was just kind of like I didn't want to interfere with the Rising Sun brand, gotcha. and because uh, we were very successful even before the show aired. I mean, I'm you know I'm a great teacher. I love teaching. Uh, you know, I think that's my gift, you know, is that I can teach kids and I can teach adults. And I changed people's lives even before when we started Power Rangers. It was one of those things where, you know, Power Rangers changed people's lives, but so did martial arts instructors. So I was already kind of like changing lives before I got on the show. But the thing was, the show did push it to the extreme. It did push it by changing 10 people's lives to 10 million people's lives, you know. And um it sometimes you know gets hard when I, if I'm promoting myself because I don't want it to come off like you know hey this is JDS, and this is what I think and it, it, it's kind of hard to do that so I have to kind of balance it in my brain that I you know it's it's my it's my brand they're my fans and then the other side I got to make sure I'm handling customers and then I got Rise and Sun karate and then it's come to the point now which is you know a blessing and a curse is that at my karate schools, um, you know, I sell martial arts, and I've always done that even before Power Rangers, but sometimes now it does, you know, fans come in, and, you know, maybe they're not interested in buying the product, like, you know, karate, so it becomes kind of a, you know, and I I don't discourage fans from coming, but I'm there to do my job. I'm there to sign people up in karate, so uh, if they're not interested, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get my time wasted. You know, I want to make sure that they don't come for just one trial lesson to meet me and then they leave. It's it's something that I really, uh, you know, put my heart into, and that's something that I've done before. That's why I didn't promote Power Rangers. I promoted the martial arts brand itself. And um, so I want to, you know, it's kind of a fine line sometimes, you know what I mean? Like there's no one that you can go back to even blame because it is yourself. If something happens or something slips in the corporation, then I'll own up to it and say, hey, it's you know my fault. Maybe we need to do better staff meetings or whatever. So it does get hard, but the numbers have multiplied. I mean, you know, from changing people's lives to, to changing people's lives around the world. I don't think a lot of people understand that concept, though. Like, um how can that TV show change my life? A lot of people that aren't into the, into this Power Ranger world, they don't understand that. And it's much like a song. Like if you guys all have a, you know, a hit song that you guys listen to that brings back memories of girlfriend, wife, whoever. Um, you know, at death, it can be a simple death. I had my brother passed away, and he played, you know, David Trueheart on Zero Rangers. And when I hear certain songs, it reminds me of my brother. And it, that song got you through that period of your life that you'll never forget. And Power Rangers has got, you know, I got Lexington from, you know, someone was abused, and they have scars to prove it. But our show got him through that child abuse to the next level and become the man that he became. That's just one typical story times thousands of stories around the world. And I just feel that people ask me, like, you know, other actors from the show, how would you do this, man? Like, you know, how do you have 110,000 fans? I mean, I want to do it, and my answer is you can't do it right now. Because this is something that's been in the works for years and years and years. This is something that's been in the works since you were 12 years old. If you're 32, from 12 years old up to where you're at now, 20 years, I've been that. I'll sign autographs. I'll do interviews. I'll sign autographs. I'll do interviews. Yeah, yeah, how's it going? Never turn an autograph down. Never turn. I didn't go through this period like most actors. I worked with on the show, and I don't mention names. Yeah, I'll do Power Rangers. F Power Rangers. Don't mention that show. I hate this show. They go through this period, and then all of a sudden, there's this realization of, oh, wow, I can make money in this industry. Hey guys, it's like, where have you been in the last 20 years? I've been, you know what I mean. Like that's that. It bothers me sometimes. That's why I like torn alone. Um, there's a few guys that I love working with, uh, and then a few guys that hated the show that I just feel like, why are you embracing the show now? Is it because you need money? was because you really care. And I truly, honestly care for the last 20 years of my fans. There's a video on online that was a behind-the-scenes everyone talks about. is me saying, Green, Green Ranger, Green Ranger, and I hypnotizing kids. But that's just because of who I was back then, and I'm still saying it now on my Facebook. Green, green, yeah, you know. Um, I've enjoyed the ride. The ride is not over for me. I mean, I've got a lot of business things that I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, a couple of promoters I talk to, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing it. Because I have fun. I fight because I have fun. Once the fun runs out of it, man, it's just you got to move on. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that never runs out. And what runs fun out is the politics of the business. If you're on radio, you've got politics. And the more you hear it and the higher you get of it, the more you're like, okay, I don't want to do this more. You know what I mean? And I can't allow myself to ever get like that. You know, the fight world was like that for a while. Um, but if I do this for fun and truly enjoy it for passion, and I think if you're doing radio for, because you're passionate about it, the money will follow. You know, it's just what it is. If, if the money doesn't follow, it gives you a career. In my idea of success is not measured on the amount of money you have in your pocket. Success is measured on do you do what you like to do. And if you love doing radio, then, yeah, sometimes you got to pay the bills. You might have to get a second job if I'm doing this and that. But overall, I truly like doing what I'm doing and I truly like martial arts, and, you know, I truly love skydiving and all the other stuff that I try to put positive things in there, you know, like the world record, I try to show people, hey, you can still accomplish big things, you know what I mean, you can still accomplish things, doesn't, doesn't matter how old you are, or, you know, you have to always keep your eyes set on a goal, or, you know, something that you have to do, and in, in like February, you know, I, I did the, I got Arjan, which is a master in Muay Thai under the Muay Thai government, and my wife fought out there, and she got her black sash, and, you know, and at the same time, we're filming a reality show called My Morphin Life, so we have, like, three episodes right now that we're doing, and we're filming the whole year, and, um, I don't know, man, I just truly like doing what I'm doing.
0: How was the the transition to mixed martial arts for you? I know you were saying that it became, it kind of became something where it, it, the fun was taken out of it, because I remember when you went into mixed martial arts, I was like, wow, this is, this is big, you know, and I... And I saw your fights, and you transitioned so well, you know, from doing karate to coming into MMA, and then it just kind of got real quiet for a while. Where where did it go astray there, or did you just figure, let me step back and kind of let the business level out before I get, I get um, back into it?
1: I wanted to fight on bigger venues. I got frustrated, you know, like I had a show in December, and I lost, you know, cut down to 205, because I'm not a heavyweight, I only walk 200 now, I can easily fight at 185. Um, i was a heavyweight, cut weight to 205 then the promoter pulled the plug on it and i was like man i dropped all this weight and you know and i wanted to do bigger shows and then um i was training with a few guys that are now in ufc that you know i train trained with and you know had distal bicep tears had injuries and <clears throat> got to the point where i was like man this just sucks you know and then i started booking shows and then just got overwhelmed with shows you know what i mean and And uh, so, I mean, I do need to spend time training. You know, it's too hard. If you look at my schedule, there's no way I have eight weeks, a solid eight weeks of just quietness and training, and there's no way I have it on my schedule. So I kind of overbooked myself this year. Um, But I'm going to start focusing, you know, and people are like, oh, the age. And Herschel Walker was 47 when he became in a martial arts. Come on. You know what I mean? Like Randy Couture is still 44, and he's the world champion. What makes it different of a fresh fighter and an old fighter is body wear and tear. If you have most... Like George Foreman once told me, he is what he is because he didn't have 100, 200 amateur fights before. Your body goes through wear and tear when you get punched in the head and your body, I, you know, I haven't been through that much wear and tear. So there's still, you know, and I, I think the whole age thing is, uh, is silly. You know, sure, you have a lot of younger guys coming in, but there's a lot of guys, younger guys that I whoop, and there's a lot of older guys that can whoop, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. you got to just balance it out. So as far as me getting back into it, I, I definitely do it was huge. Um, I just, I wasn't fighting on big cards and then I got a Strikeforce deal and that was ridiculous money. I mean, it, it was to the point where I wasn't doing it for money, but then when you get an HBO Showtime deal, you know, you're starting to think, wow, okay, I got a train and I'm going to Showtime and then they offer you like, you know, and, if, and other people, oh, $5,000, but my industry, I'm making, you know, my schools are pushing great money, my clothing line, I can't I can't sacrifice eight weeks for $5,000 of money. Nope. No no knockout money, no bonus money, no nothing to motivate you. I, I just can't do that. And then I had three weeks to train on top of that. I need, like, eight weeks. So things were going good. I think it was just frustration and, uh, you know, booking the shows and kind of, um, you know, getting in, I guess, to the shows and the, just kind of pushing my injury really took me away from it, to be honest. It was like a, I had two distal bicep tears. Oof. And the first time I fought anyway, you know, I was supposed to heal within six months. I did my first fight three months later. So, wow. yeah, so there, there, it's frustrating, but injuries come part with the, with the game, you know. You just got to be prepared to have an injury, I guess.
0: Well, it was, it was funny you mentioned Herschel Walker because Herschel Walker did an interview recently where, you know, he said he'd like to get a fight in the UFC. And yeah. one of the comment, one of the people that commented on the article said that he should fight you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah I would, I would have loved to fight herschel walker i mean he was a, he's a big boy now now my weight category is different but man l- let's be honest look <clears throat> van damme's older but he wants to fight all right he's been begging to fight he's trying to fight everywhere he wants to fight so my whole thing was i met van damme sure we had a, a little bit of a be great let's put us on a card you know i want to fight i want to have uh, a great card either a uh, celebrity or or a football player, or something else like Herschel Walker. I think that was important to do, but I didn't get that opportunity to do that. It was like Joe Blow at Olive Garden. It's like who cares? I mean, honestly, like who would I fight? That was like any superstars, nobody. So you know, I definitely had the skills to do it. And um, we threw a lot out there when I first started fighting. I think I was the on the tenth most uh, anticipated, you know, fighters. And I know Kimball was on there because he had a lot of hype. But you know, I was on the most ten and. Yep. It's like you're not giving me good shows or you're not giving me anything to work for. I just, you know, it's like being an actor doing small, low-budget movies. I don't want to do them more. I want to do, you know, big-budget movies. Give me something to work with, you know, and, and, and to be honest, even uh, CM Punk. I mean, that was something that I think would be great. I mean, once his contract's over, maybe he'll step up to what he said in the panel. Yeah, I'll fight Jason. Well, then step up to it then. You can't just say that in this industry. Especially the fight industry, you can't say, "Yeah, I have no problem. I'll fight them." Then make it happen. All contracts, whatever else is going on. I think between me and CM Punk will be a great fan fight. Um, you know, so I try to get the hype going. But then Van Dam disappears. He says nothing. Nobody says nothing. Then you know, it just it just kind of escalated from there. So it got to the point of saying, "Okay, well, if I fight, I need to be I need to be on TV." First of all, I got right. too many fans. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be fighting on no underground card and see it on YouTube. I got... My first fight has over... Probably now, I haven't even checked it, Six hundred to 700,000 hits, maybe. Yep. You know, if you go look at other uh, fighters, you know, UFC guys, they, they don't have that many. I mean, maybe, you know, George St. Pierre and all the other ones, but that's a lot. So it's about time a promoter says, you know what, this would be a great opportunity, man. Let's, uh, you know, let's put them on this card. Let's put them on the undercard or something. It's just... Um, it wasn't going that way. And in the fight world, you have to work your way up. I understand that. You know, but Brock Lesnar had five. He didn't, he didn't work his way up. No he way. got a chance to get right into the UFC, and he had five fights, and he was the world champion. All right, so, cool. you know, it's just, uh, it is what it is. I'd love to fight, but I'd love to fight someone like that, like a Herschel Walker, a CM Punk, a Van Derp. So just give me a cool fight so I can, you know, uh, show off my skills, and then it'll lead to something else.
0: No, I, I, I agree. I mean, doing something like that, um, would be would be beneficial i think that there's that there's definitely a market for that i mean there was a a period where we saw and and you probably can attest to this they did those um celebrity boxing fights and you know yeah, those, exactly, those were yeah. god awful with
1: some yep, of the guys that were, were involved no.
0: you know and yep, people watched people yeah. watched it you know people watch jose canseco get knocked out and, and and there was a market for it but if you're taking guys that have legitimate martial arts backgrounds and and have a background in television or in movies yeah. and build something around that. I think there's a tremendous market for it.
1: Have you ever seen a video of me sparring Jose Canseco?
0: No, I haven't. I heard about it, and I wasn't sure if it was on YouTube.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to try to figure that out. But, uh, um, but yeah, it was, um, you know, fighting Jose Canseco. It was just a sparring match. He was huge though, but <clears throat> I'm not totally kicked his butt. I mean, but yeah, I, I mean, I get it. You know, and here's Jose that comes into my school that says, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a a big fighter, and I'm you know a black belt and Muay Thai, and blah blah blah. I and mean, he shows up, you know, and you will see it. I mean, it's just one of those things uh, that uh, you look at, and you're like, okay, you can kind of see what the, I can see what kind of fighter he is, you know. So, no, that's, uh, I'll try to try to find. Out. I don't know where in the heck it is on YouTube, but oh yeah, if you find it send it, it, send
0: it to me. I'll put it in the in the interview notes so so people can see. Yeah, it, cause that's for sure it, man. Because that's you know it, it's crazy with that and. The other thing was, did, did you ever give thought to doing Muay Thai competitively? You know, K1.
1: Oh yeah, uh, dude! I love to Lauren. do kickboxing, man. Yeah, yeah. I actually have it right now. There's only ninety five thousand hits on it, but I bet you uh, once I post it on my uh, Facebook, it'll be a lot more than that. I'll post it today, and your interview too. But um, but yeah, man, like uh. You know, I thought I'd love to do more time. My my wife's great at it. She fought. She she loves it. It's like I'd love to do like a, you know, K one boxing or something like that that can uh, you know highlight my skills and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: No K one. I know they're they're um they're gonna be getting a TV deal here in the states. So, you know, K, nice. K- yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to see you fighting K one or or even do you know oh, I'd love to or- dude.
1: That's more of my dream, man. Is I love just. Uh, I just posted that Jose can take off <laughs> Um I would love to uh, do something like that. You know, I, I mean, I, there's just a difference of having the K-1 gloves on to having MMA gloves. I'm just so used to having that. I'm used to doing the stand-up. But I'm used to not having people take away my stand-up. You know, as soon as they come in, it just rushes me, and it's like a whole new game. Now it's a wrestling game, a jiu-jitsu game, which I have, like, three submission wins, but it's not what I want. I want three head kick wins, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I I go for, so yeah, definitely, I would love to, and I'm, you know, I was making a name for myself on HDNet, and, you know, it was getting out there, it's just, uh, and, and it can totally be out there again, it's just a matter of, you know, how I do it, and, and what kind of cards I get on, I mean, there's just a point where I want to be on good cards, you know, and the shows I've been doing are just, you know, yeah, there's a nobody you're fighting, yeah, okay, man, of course, because, you know, you know, I don't have any fights, so why would it be fair for me to fight someone with 20 fights? You have to, if you're going to treat me like everyone else, and treat me like everyone else. Let me come up the amateur ranks. Let me come up the pro pro ranks the way it should be, where it's like this guy has one fight, this guy has one fight, fight him, work your way up, not this guy has one fight and this guy has 36 fights. There's a big difference with that. You still got to work out your, the, the rest and, you know, the 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 bugs and the, you know, you've got to break it in. So, of course, when you're fighting a guy that has 30, 40 fights, he's got an advantage on you. But at the same time, you're going to be more hungrier than him. So it's kind of like a, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those subjects where you can kind of go back and forth on the topic. But, um, you know, that's just my thing. I want to just uh, do something like K1. I would love to. So it would be awesome.
0: I want to get a little bit into your, your, world, your Guinness World Record um, jump and, the buildup for that was crazy because it, it just came out of nowhere. You know, I'd been following your page for a while and I'm like, there's a world record for that. And then, you know, I started yeah. reading, reading about it, do it, doing some homework. And then, and I was like, wow, there really is a record. I know, you know, you were, you were big into skydiving. I mean, you know, even, even in some of the, you know, in the power Rangers movie, you did the skydiving mm-hmm. stunt. So mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it was cool to see that. What, what was, what was the fact that it motivated you to do that of all things, that particular record
1: Um, well, you know, I saw Felix, uh, you know, Fearless Felix jump from space, and, um, I just thought, uh, you know, it'd be cool to kind of get a record, (coughs) um, and so I was kind of thinking, like, what I should, what I should do, you know, like, what kind of record is there, and, um, so I was thinking, well, I love karate, and I love, uh, you know, um, skydiving, so I was thinking, well, I'll just do the world's highest karate board break, so I submitted it, and then it came back and said, it was actually a record, I'm like, what? I'm like, are you serious? So then I researched it and said, okay, I can beat this. Not a problem. So it did. It, it turned out to a lot of hype. Uh, June, they're going to be airing the Guinness channel. I was shooting my reality show for the first season on the first episode on that. We had Fox News. We had newspapers. We have USBA Magazine. The Scott Ivan Magazine picked up the article. That thing just kind of went viral at, at first. And, um you know, it's a unique record, and they showed it on VH1. It was like, you know, and and all this stuff. So, uh, you know, it is one of those things where people are like, "What? Why?" And um, I just did it because it's fun, and I skydive, and love karate, and who else holds a Guinness world yeah, record? <laughs> I thought it was fun. you know? That,
0: that's awesome. I know. I know. You know, you, you you have kids. How'd your How'd your kids feel about that? When you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to jump out of this plane and break these boards."
1: Ah, man, they're. You know, me and my wife are on a skydiving team, and they're, they're great about it. The only thing they don't want me to do is base jump and, uh, you know, jumping off buildings and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. I kind of want to.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, base jumping is crazy.
1: Yeah, no, man. I, but, I, you know, there's just nothing like flying down a cliff in a wingsuit, uh, you know, and flying 5,000. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things. And it's not an adrenaline rush or anything like that. It's more of a, ah, man, I did one jump today. And uh, made me feel a lot better, you know. It's like a spiritual thing, I guess. don't I know, uh, clears your mind and stuff like that. So, how, how, much,
0: how was the preparation for for you to do that? Did you do a couple of trial runs first just to make sure that you were able to to to? Call? Uh, you know what, man?
1: Like, yeah, it was. Uh, it was kind of hard because I could only practiced once, and I only broke one board, and it was hard to get to that board. The, the flyer was hard. It was hard to, you know, control the airspeed with the board, so I was like, oh, so time was running out, and then it was supposed to be like, um, you know, like like an attempt, but it turned into be like a world record breaker. You know, it was supposed to be an attempt where, you know, if I attempt it once, I can do it again and, you know, and keep doing it. And I'm sure they were there to prepare for me to, you know, fail and stuff like that and then do it again, but I broke it on the first time, so that was cool.
0: Yeah, what, what, what happened when you were... um you were gonna to travel to Brazil. You didn't have a passport.
1: Yeah, the Brazil trip. Yeah, dude. I mean, you have to understand when you're like a promoter and stuff like that. And just so you know, I do multitask. I am posting as I talk to you. Oh,
0: that's cool. um,
1: I'm not reading and I'm talking at the same time, so it's pretty good for my brain. I can separate the left and the right. Um, but uh, when I went to when I was booking Brazil, the promoters need to set that up. But, you know, from your country, you need to tell me what I need. What we need to do, it needs to be in the contract. Hey, get a visa. Hey, you know, don't forget to have a passport. I mean, these are things that you need to remind people. Because remember, I've gone to Thailand. I've gone to Puerto Rico. I've gone uh, a lot of places in Indonesia. I've gone to a lot of places Places where I didn't need a visa. Um, I didn't know Brazil was any different. So three days before, you know, he was like, well, we need a visa. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? You, you should see how hard I try. You should ask my wife. I tried so hard to get a visa. I was so stressed out the day before. He's like, Well, you need to go here. And I'm like, If I go there, then I've got to cancel my world record, and it doesn't even guarantee I'm going to get a visa. So the day before and the day after, it was just a wreck. I mean, I was like emotionally a wreck, just didn't want to let people down in Brazil. And, you know, and I just hate doing that. And, um, you know, I mean, all the fans that are stood, and, you know, it, was, it wasn't my fault. It's the promoter's fault. I mean, you know, the promoter needs to tell me these things. I desperately tried, I even took video. For my Facebook at the Brazilian consulate, I already, you know, I, I, I cover myself to let people know, hey, this, I'm really trying to do what I got to do to get there. So yeah, that was that was kind of a uh, that was kind of hectic.
0: Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh man, because I, you know, I knew you were you were talking about it, you were hyping it up, you know, the, the fans were down, and and you were you were super pumped, and then to just have the 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 rug pulled out from under, you, it was just, you know, it was it was heartbreaking. As, as just someone that follows you because, you know, you, you watch a timeline of things get built up and then it's just like, no, that's not going to happen. It's like,
1: ah. Oh, oh. Yeah. I try to keep a consistent timeline on my, um you know, on my um Facebook. And, you know, i like, to be honest, man, I was sick the last two and a half weeks. Like, I don't tell fans and stuff like that, but I was super sick. I went to Austin, uh, Wizard World event out there to promote their booth and stuff like that. But, I mean, I was super sick, man. I did the, you know, like, I had allergic reaction to medicine. I had hives right after that. I went to the hospital and got IVs. Like, these people, this is the stuff that people don't see. And then at Lexington this week, uh, I, I wasn't eating, so my blood sugar was low, and I was, like, almost like, like, I never get like that. Like, I felt, I mean, I was filming my reality show, so it was all caught on video anyway, so that's why I'm telling people because it's going to come out anyway. But, you know, I was almost like a pass out. Like I had to do my blood sugar test. I mean, it, it was just like, I, I... I I canceled my lunches at events. I canceled everything because I want to be at that table signing autographs for all my fans. My line did not stop in Lexington. I was so blessed the line kept going and going. The only problem is I signed straight from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock with no lunch, no eating, no oh, no shakes, no, no sugar. And it was to the point where I was like, two weeks before, I was super sick. Like, never been sick like that. So much stuff's going around, man. Like, it just, I was sick. I was dehydrated. I've been in the hospital twice in the last two weeks just, you know, getting IVs and trying to get hydrated now. I'm finally coming out of this this weekend at Lexington. But this is the stuff that people don't see, like how hard I try to keep my timeline on my Facebook. You know what I mean? It's a lot of tough work. And my whole thing was, like I told, uh, you know, my wife, I'm like, look, there was at one point when Mike Tyson was fighting in the jungle and he was deathly sick. Fever. I remember him talking. He was in the corner and he had a fight to this anyway. So I just look, think about him, like, he had a fight, and I don't know who he was fighting. I don't remember. Rumble and Jungle might have been. I don't know. No, that's uh, the other way. He was fighting in the jungle, and um, he was fighting someone, and he had to fight sick because you have to fight when you're sick. There's no choice. You can't pull off the card. Nope. You know what I mean? So you got to battle, and as a black belt, my instructor used to say, you know, you, uh, you never get sick. Black belts don't get sick, and that was his way of saying you can never take off work, so he didn't. You know, and I know you sometimes it stinks because you got past germs and stuff, but um, if you're not contagious, I'm, you know, I'm working and that's what I try to do, you
0: know? No, that's a, that's an incredible work ethic, especially traveling. I mean, one of the, one of the funny things and I've worked, you know, I've worked cons for the show and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody talks about con sickness, you know, and hey, you go to a con mm-hmm. and then you come back and you're just bedridden for, for days. But with you, it was the polar opposite. You were there and you were already messed up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, in Tennessee, I remember I was super intact. I was super sick at Tennessee, man. Like, super sick. And I did everything I could for the promoter, except one thing towards the end of the con. I could not make the closing ceremony. But nobody understands what I was going through in that hotel room, dude. I was in the bathtub. I had a fever. I mean, I was sick. And I even told people, look, I'm sick. And they're like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, I, I don't really want to get you sick. wash shake you your hands. And they're like, what's well, great. I don't care to have your germs. You know, I'm just excited to meet you. That type of stuff. You can't. You can't keep yourself separated even when you are sick because the fans don't care. You know, even when you tell them, look, I don't feel so good, stay away. I don't care, man. Give me a hug. I'll, I'll eat your germs. I, I, you know what I mean? I'm just happy to meet you. And, uh, you know, and so I was super sick. And, you know, when you do all these positive things, then you have one thing that you didn't do that the con promoter just goes crazy at. You know, I can't believe you didn't go to closing ceremonies and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, every one of my fans were extremely happy. Everyone that you book at a show is extremely happy. That's all that should matter. It shouldn't matter about your five staff members. It shouldn't matter about your 10,000 people that bought tickets. Are you having any complaints on their part? No. But one of my staff, it doesn't matter what staff thinks. It oh. matters what the customers think. And that's just, you know, and, and so I've been through, even with that, that was probably the second sickest con I've ever been to it was MTAC in Tennessee. It was just, I was extremely sick. And I, I was a trooper, man. i You would never tell. I had interviews, I remember one, you know, the press interview and talking to press, and, man, I was sweating, and I felt dizzy, and, but, you know, just gotta go through it, man. I mean, uh, that's what you do even fighting, you have, you know, I used to worry about that, like, what if I set up a big fight, and then all of a sudden I get sick, and it happened to me, in my first 2006 Muay Thai fight, I was sick, like, I was, uh, I was just, I was sick, I mean, there's nowhere else to explain it, and, uh, I was like, man, I got a fight in like two days, and I was in the bathtub just watching the water drip and drip in the water and drip in the water, and I was thinking, man, this stinks. You know, like, I, there's no way out of it. If I pull out now, people are going to think you're scared, and if you pull out, then you, you got ticket sales. You just got to do it. And I remember everyone was like, man, you just ran in there. Yeah, I wanted to get it over with. I'm just I'm going to go in there and knock them out so I can just rest. That's, that's my mentality. And... uh That's what I did. It was like 10, 12 seconds, just boom, 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 and then get out, and uh, that's what I did, so um, you got to do what you got to do, you know what I mean? And I think half half of it, though, is is not just to let people down, man. Like, I don't like my fans to be let down. You know, I, I had a concussion in Colorado, and the VIP people know I had a VIP, I think, event that night that was like, I don't know, 10 people, and I got a concussion in the tunnels. Like, I hit my head, boom, 160 miles an hour, and I was in the hospital, I had a concussion, but... That night, I told my wife I got a VIP. She's like, "You're crazy! You know, <laughs> you can't do this VIP." I said, "Yeah, I can, because uh, you know, I have a seven-year-old kid in there, and the seven-year-old kid don't understand. Right. You know, so it was uh, I had to do it, you know, for the kid because I didn't, I didn't want him to. Sometimes kids don't understand when you cancel. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's that's so. tremendous, man. That's you know, that's an incredible work ethic. out of Out of thirty days in a month, how many days do you actually get to rest in a thirty day in a thirty day period?
1: Yeah. Oh right, well um I opened a new school so um you know I, I try to uh balance it all but on the weekends like I'll work on the weekends and then I'll come up to the school like Monday through Thursday and I was pulling seven day weeks for about eight months straight. I mean it was it was to the point where I think it all caught up on me. And um you know it just uh it just got to the point where I was like uh you know, trying to fight it and work through it. So I try to get some a couple uh, off time here and there, but, you know, social media, like I said, as we speak, I mean, you know, I've already updated the Jose Canseco thing and answered a few people here and there, and it's a full-time job, social media, you know what I mean, it really is, man, when you have oh, to maintain <laughs> 100,000, it's like, oh my gosh, the. you know, it's just a, it just takes a long time, and, uh, you know, so it was, so it really you have a full-time job, and on the weekends I go, and then I try to you know, manage the schools, and then on my off time, so I don't really get to watch a lot of TV. And um, so people always ask, what's my favorite show? It's like, unfortunately, I don't, I don't really watch a lot of TV, but the things I do do is, like, skydive, you know, and um, try to, you know, get something cool out of that. And then, then I work in karate, so I work out in karate, which is kind of a relief, too, but I don't have a lot of free time. And if I did, man, I'd, I'd say I'd like to spend it, you know, with my family. And um, I'm going to kind of balance it out a little bit more. You know, there's a point where work is work and it's all great, but it's just, uh, you know, sometimes, man, like when you're, like I've been on tour for probably for the last, I would say year, and if I look at my schedule and look what I've done, including building a brand new school, that's hard. It's a full-time job because, again, I like to be in control of the leases and the colors and the mats and the cages and the, the mirrors down to the little, how to promote and, you know, down to the gift cards. I mean, I'm I'm in charge of everything just because I want to make sure it goes good. And so far, we have the program schools really taken off, uh, you know. And um, we we'll probably have about out of all the schools, uh, probably about a thousand students underneath me right now. That um, you know, that are underneath my organization underneath me. So that that feels pretty good, including the one in California too. Though.
0: Wow, that's that's so. crazy. How how many how many instructors do you do you assign for each school? Do you usually have a head instructor? We have a, you yeah, too. we have
1: a staff about three to five people, I would say. Oh, okay. Um, and I trained my staff. And, you know, before when I was on Dino Thunder, I had the school in, in California, and I was so worried about leaving that school that I had to say, okay, I need to be back. And, you know, now it's like I can leave my school. They're, they're in great hands. I, because I train my staff now. I don't really train a lot of students, but I train my staff like students. So I train them how I want them to be. I want them to assist. How I want them to talk to customers. How I want them to, you know. And it's a, it, it takes a lot of time training these people um, because I am hard to work for. You know. Yes, people that work with me on cons before. I'm very anal. I want to make sure things go good. But I think that's just a part of my personality. The reason why I have succeeded in life. I don't. I don't. I don't want you know uh, someone to do half their job. I want. I want it to be done fully. And you know, if you if you look at that. That's the reason why things are the way they are is because it's one thing called hard work. Social media is hard work. I mean, it takes time out of my day, but I, I love it, and that's my free time. And when I am on my free time, I am on Facebook posting to all the fans, but that's my choice. That, that, that's, the, that's what I choose. Other people choose to play video games and, you know, other things, which is fine, but I'm way too busy for that. But the people that are playing video games also don't have 100,000 people to take care of on their Facebook either. So, you know, there's a life that you draw in a plan that you make that, that just becomes, you know, your life. I mean, you know, half days, a lot of businessmen and, a, like, you know, they used to say a lot of you know how many hours a, a rich man and a businessman works? And I'm like, yeah, shoot, probably like two hours a day then. You know, they go hit the beach and drive their Lamborghini, and they're like, yeah, they work half days. I'm like, perfect, then I'll just go to work from 9 to 3, 9 to 2. But <laughs> a half day is 12 hours. That's what they mean, a half day. You know, and I'm like, whoa, half day. Man, successful people. Which people work half days? That's 12 hours a day. That's what it takes to be successful sometimes, especially when you run in corporations. And there's a time where you train someone to become like you, which is like the, you know, you have the, you've got to be a mentor, then then before you're a mentor, you mentor them, then you can multiply. But until then, you can't multiply until you mentor someone and teach them everything that you have to learn, you know, which a couple of my guys at my schools, I, I can leave those schools alone, and, and they'll do great, you know. They're some of my bigger schools. So that's what I'm trying to do right now, you know, to have a little bit of free time. But, you know, it's all, it's all good, man. I love work, and I love reaching out to fans. And i got to thank people like you that can get this out to other people. You know, I think a lot of times people don't thank the media for doing their job. But, if it, you know, if, if, if you play this and other people listen to it, then, you know, I'll get more fans of our Facebook page and I can get my message out to the people because my message is simple. It's not joining Jason and Frank Fisher fan page. It's not that. My message is to everyone that you can do anything you want to do. All you have to do is put your mind to it. And here's another thing. Underneath that, doesn't matter what you want to become, an artist, an actor, a singer, You have to put one thing to become successful is you have to follow your passion. And if you're passionate about what you do, I promise you the money will follow. It might not be right away, and you might not be able to pay your bills, but that's why you get Plan B, uh, which is a job, to pay all your bills and follow Plan A, which is your passion, because Plan A will turn into passion. You can't give up the marathon before you are right around the corner. And I see this happen too often to too many people, is they're really good at something and they'll just stop. Ah, uh, yeah, it wasn't for me. Then they'll start making the excuses. Well, you know, I, I couldn't do it. No, you can't. There's no excuse made. Like I don't I don't I don't put to excuses. That's why if I do fight, I need to put in eight weeks right. of training. Because if I don't, then my excuse will be, Well, you know, man, yeah, I lost that fight, but I'm gonna be honest with you, man, I had these tours and then you know, and that and then I went here and then, then I got sick in Austin and then I had a fight. Those are all excuses. I want no excuses. It's like how do you feel about that loss? Well, oh man, I tried. You know, I trained for eight weeks, and uh, you know, he just got a shot in, and it is what it is. I don't want to make excuses, but at the same time, I don't want to take a fight within two weeks either. No. So I, that's why I need eight weeks to train. I did six fights in a matter of, you know, five fights or four fights in a matter of six months is too much. You know what I mean? Like I need that time to train.
0: Yeah, that messes you up, and it, you know, especially what you were saying. You know, just with regards to physical recovery time, you know, you get all the micro tears in your muscles and you get all those those small things here and there and then it just catches up with you and then something bigger happens because of it. Yep. It's a snowball effect.
1: Yep. And then that's what happens too. And, uh, when I was, uh, you know, my first fight, my jaw was kind of, you know, bashed up a little bit and the next day I was in the gym sparring again. I had to wear a full face cage and I was like, you know, moving my jaw I Was right back at the gym the next day sparring, you know, so it became, you know, difficult and stuff like that.
0: Oh, that's a- uh, you got a, you got a crazy schedule It's funny what you say though about uh plan A and plan B because you know i can I can relate to that hundred and ten percent I work a regular nine to five job and then I do all the social media run the site yep. all the show and stuff after yep. hours that's why sometimes you know you uh, like some of the emails you get an email at ten o'clock at night or at two a m yeah because <laughs> that's that's the only time so trust me i you know i I definitely empathize with what you're saying
1: yeah that and but you know that I give people credit for putting in so much time into something that they love, and they'll have to work around what they do. You know, sometimes I, reach, I meet people at cons, and they're like, yeah, I got a great convention, and this is what I do, but it's not my real job. You know, my real job is this. And um, I just look at some of these guys that started that way, guess what has turned into their real job, because yeah. they, they're passionate about it, and now all of a sudden it's becoming a full-time you know, job and a production, and you know, Lexington was a big show I went to. I mean, Jared's a great guy. I love his family. Last year was a great show, but this year was even better, and next year's even going to be better then. Uh, and and the, the reason why I think his show or other people's show, even the Wizard World, you know, that they do care, and, and I, I spoke with Wizard World, they too care about what their fans think. And there's a difference of just selling a ticket and getting them through line. And I've seen other promoters that, aren't into this industry. And now, look at these guys, man. they idiots, you know, dressed and And I'm thinking, well, this is your show, you know. And and that's the reason why your show is small is because you're not passionate and you're not into it and you're not here to, you know, set up fans and stuff. And trust me, I always try to do that. I think it's important, you know, to keep everyone happy. And if, if there's someone in line that doesn't have the money, who cares? Send them through anyway. That bothers me. That's why I don't have an agent. You know, don't, don't, it takes longer <clears throat> to tell you, hey, I'm sorry, man, I, you know, we can't we can't do that, and, and we need money, and we, we can't take, well, but I don't have money. I understand that, but I don't have my I understand that, but listen, it's too much, too much energy. Let them come through. Just, okay, man, no problem. Let them come through. Let's sign their autograph. Let's take a picture, and let's just meet them and, and move on. Save your energy. I don't need that energy to be towards one of my fans that don't have money to come meet me. That's not what it's about. If you don't have money, come meet me anyway. That's my scenario, but agents don't like that because, agents get paid off commission. Right. Uh, And, you know, and and some agents need that money, and I don't because I just love being there, and I think that one of my things at the booths are just there's no obligation, there's no requirement to buy what you want. I don't have no crazy things on my booth like a lot of actors do in red. No photographs, no this, no that. That's their own prerogative. I don't. My booth is welcome for all, you know, and um, I had a lady on Facebook say, hey, I don't have the money. Can I come by? Yeah, come by about that you know so uh anyway it's just good to know that the fans know that i mean your fans know me pretty well like i tell people yeah you can talk about me if you want but if you do just be prepared to get a virus in your computer because my fans are pretty protective and you know and i, I know why because i've been in their lives for the last several years you know and um they seem to know me and i know them so well,
0: I, I wanted to touch on a, a couple of things before we wrap up the um I, I saw a picture you had put up uh, with uh, Power Lunch with some of your cast members um, yep. a while back, and I wanted to to ask about that. You know, th- how how's the communication with with some of your former castmates? How many of those guys do you keep up with and catch up with? Like I um, you know, I I interviewed Steve Cardenas I think last year, and uh-huh. we talked about a lot of stuff. So you know, I was just curious how you know how do, how much in touch do you guys stay?
1: Well, I stay in touch with, you know, a lot, a lot of the guys. I know when they're on tour, you know, I'll talk to them a little bit, but mostly the people I stay in touch with are like, you know, Johnny Bosch and, you know, Steve, because he's, you know, black belt jitsu and he runs his own school. So I think we stay in contact with people that we have more of a connection with. Um, gotcha. You know, I love Dave, love Walter, but, you know, they're, they're you know, they've all been replaced by former cast members, so my memories of the show was pretty much the last cast members I worked with. Now i do love the old cast members too it brings back memories but as far as keeping in touch i mean i can call any one of these guys right now and i know they pick up the phone and i know they do whatever i ask them to do so that's good friends to have you know um and they do help me out here and there so um the only one is often i don't know where he's at uh i think he's overseas I, I have not talked to him in many many years um and then amy you know i talked to her here and there but you know she's doing her own thing and um you know she's uh People are asking me on my Facebook page if she can ever come to a convention. I don't think it's going to happen right now, you know. Uh, she does you know, not that she doesn't like appearances. It's just she has, like, anxiety when it comes to that. I don't know. So until she gets over that, then she can come on tour, and I'd like her to come on tour with me be great.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, it, it, it's good to see only because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of cast, a lot of cast, they lose touch for uh, a multitude of reasons, but at least it's good that you can keep those lines of communication open, especially with, with some of the, 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 older cast members and even some of the last cast members you worked with.
1: Yep. Yep. I, I, and you know, some of them like Johnny and all those guys, we have, we have a lot in common, you know, Steve Cardino is a karate guy. And I just love Johnny, man. He was like a little brother to me and he's got eyeshine shine now. And you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, just, uh, you know, I'm proud of him and proud for what he's done and, and how hard he's worked to get his eyeshine shine up. I mean, uh, you know, he's a good guy, and um, I think he deserves a, a lot of success for it.
0: Well, last but last but not least, and I, I I wanted to make sure I asked you about this. I wanted to ask you about, about Jesus Didn't Tap because, uh-huh. you know, I, I saw that a lot in, in a lot of different MMA circles, especially following the sport and doing stuff on the sport. And I was just curious about it then. Uh, of course, doing research, it leads me back to you. So, yeah. you know, yeah. how did the... How did that come about? What made you want to start a, th- that clothing line, and what was the inspiration for that?
1: Um, well, I just wanted to create something that was kind of like a tap-out. You know, I was the first, and I can say this, I wanted to be the first to something. You know, Rolex was the first to have, like, you know, uh, waterproof, uh, you know, watches, and then they were the first to have the date time on the watches, you know, Um and I, you know, and then you research other big brands. Like, man, what did they do? And they're the first of something, you know. And so I want to be the first of something. I thought it'd be great to be the first Christian clothing line in mixed martial arts ever. We've had big stars from Diablo Alves to Matt Hughes to Ken Shamrock. We have we had a lot of huge stars. Uh, you know, uh, Lettuce was fighting for a championship against Anderson Silva, I and mean, we've had him. And so we've had a lot of people. Um, I have stayed behind the brand for several years, just for the fact is. I didn't want to put my name in front of the brain i want you know i just wanted to tell people that i don't want you know i've had you know every in ufc superstars right now that want to be the front cover of the of the magazine but you see they come and go you know uh chuck liddell comes and goes there's there's a lot of people that are going to come and go muhammad ali and you know all these people come and go is especially in mma you're a champion one day and the next day you're not so my idea was i don't need a front person face for it because I got Jesus and I just feel he's the biggest best fighter of all times. Most world renowned, recognized by everybody of the whole entire world. And um, you know, I just wanted to create something like that. So we, we merged now with Bull Shirts, which is a pretty big company. And um, you know, I stayed true to it and then two years later after I was behind the brand, the uh, you know, UFC expo wanted us to come there and they wanted to know who the CEO was and I was like, Oh great You know, I didn't want to come out and have this be like a Power Ranger line. So, yeah, I kind of got, you know, merged out of it to, to, you know, forced out of it to say, well, I'm the CEO. And then when people found out, they embraced it. Oh, wow. And it wasn't that I was trying to hide it. I just wanted it to run by itself and and put money back into the church. And, you know, I think that's a very uh, humble thing to do than have a successful quote. Hey, you know what? That's me. I've never said that, you know. Go places. People are like, I'm telling you, people run into me, and I see them with the shirt on, and they're like, "Oh, that's such a cool tattoo." Or I'm like, "Thank you, man." Or I have a shirt, or I see someone with the shirt, and I'm like, "Where'd you get that?" And they're like, "Oh man, I got it on the website." And man, this shirt changed my life. And you hear all these stories, and you know, before they didn't know I owned it, so it was kind of cool to kind of be like that, you know, kind of hear what people have to say about your product.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to blend in. I mean, it was it was funny just doing doing the research, and I saw it. I'm like, I'm like, holy cow, you know that that. Well, you know, it it kind of brought everything full circle, so I definitely, you know, had wanted to ask you about that.
1: Yep. All right, well. That's cool, man.
0: Well, to to wrap things up, people can follow you on Twitter at JDFFN. They can also visit Uh RisingSunKarateSchool.com, com, .com, and, of course, find you on Facebook at the Jason David Frank official fan page.
1: That's right,
0: buddy. Anything else you wanted to, anybody you wanted to shout out, anything you wanted to acknowledge before we wrap up?
1: Uh, No man, I just want to thank you for putting me on the show, and um, thanks to all you know, all my fans, obviously. And and when I say thanks to all my fans, I really mean that. It's not anything else, but you know, you guys mean everything to me. And and I just want people to know that, in actors, you know, without your fans, you wouldn't be who you are today. And um, a lot of times, fans say that they're you know they they don't you know they. I know I heard this a lot, and you're my hero and all that stuff. I can never hear it too much, man. I just I feel honored to be that hero, so. I stay true to my fans, the fans stay true to me, but I think the most important is we got to stay true to ourselves and, you know, stay true to our spiritual beliefs. Whatever they are, I have my own, and, um, you know, I don't push religion down no one's throat. It's a relationship, and, uh, you know, I know that gets me through a lot, and if you're depressed or you're having a bad day, and I know a lot of people have, I've lost a lot of people that way, feel free to hit me up on Facebook, and, you know, maybe I can give you a few words of inspiration to uh, brighten up your day a little bit.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, and um, we're definitely going to be in touch for Wizard World New York.
1: Sounds good, man. And just hit me up a link when you can, and I'll post it on my page as well. Sounds good. All right, buddy. And then check out that old-school Jose Conseco thing. Well, <laughs> it was a long time ago, but check it out.
0: All right. You've just heard my Take Radio's Beyond the Mic with Jason David Frank. You can follow him on Twitter and also look for him on Facebook. Those links will be in the interview notes. You can listen to live episodes of My Take Radio every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on the Blog Talk Radio Network. You can also find us on Twitter, at My Take Radio, become a fan on Facebook,
1: or add us to your circle on Google+. Thanks for listening.